0: Welcome to you, a motherfucker. The only podcast that says, "Oh, my bad, my bad." You a motherfucker, Mister President. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. <laughs> and today we're talking about season
1: four, episode ten through twelve, and chapters forty-nine through fifty-two. Is that right? No, something I think like it's that. Forty-eight through fifty. I thought we were one behind on the chapters. I don't. It's forty-nine. It's it's all the chapters, all the time. <laughs> Everything but the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, would be four thirteen. So, I don't know about you, but I am
0: not regretting getting a fourth season. I I think that this is actually slightly better than season two. Yeah, yeah, this, this is a pretty is a good goes season. Like, for me, one four two three. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, now, the other thing we got to we got to be upfront about before we move on is: Have you seen the final episode? Nope. Haven't seen it. I resisted the urge. Okay. I did not. It was one okay. It was one last to go and I, I had to I had to know what Frank's big plan was and mm-hmm. uh so I'm 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 curious to see what everyone thinks. I, I don't think that it's the final episode's going to hinge your opinion one way or another. Um
1: I, I can't imagine I've stand, enjoyed the yeah. ride.
0: I was in fact it, it I remember thinking going into it, like what you know, like there seems so much to wrap up. Mm-hmm. There's a hostage crisis. There's you know this this the stuff with the the other presidential candidates and there's a scandal brewing with Hammer and we're like what the hell is going to happen? And the episode's not like a super long episode, uh, the the last episode. So I that's why I had to binge it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I had to keep going. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, we're we're well into like the
1: presidential race at this point, right? It's not it's not the primaries anymore. No, it's not uh, the frank primaries.
0: Mm, I, no, I thought Frank. Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. Frank got the nomination. You're right. The, the from convention's the party, over, you're, and now they're just straight up running against each other. Conway and that, him. Uh, th- that doesn't that happen in the first episode that we're talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah, that actually all that stuff. So you're saying by the end of this, we're into the election? Yes, gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. So
1: uh, more time than you might guess, given the number of episodes is passing, and
0: that become that's the biggest problem. I think I wish that they would. Either be more clear about how much time is elapsing or do, like, you know, a title card, like giving a date. Right. Yeah, it's real tough to tell. Because, the, and that also hurts, I think, some character beats. Like, there's this stuff, especially mm-hmm. with, like, uh, Stamper uh, and the Liver Lady, as uh-huh. I like to call her, that yeah. is really strange. Mm-hmm. And maybe would be different if I knew exactly how much time is elapsing between meetings and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Or if I had a better insight into Liver Lady, because I can't quite figure her out. I don't know what the hell's going on. God help you trying to figure out Stamper. Right. Uh, But
1: I I bring that up because I'm wondering if the final chapter of this season will, will end the race, or... If we will still be in... The human race? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Frank Uh, just pushes the button I suppose that's If I can have the White House, no one can have
0: the White House. I mean, it
1: is Russia versus America at the moment, and we have two lunatics. I don't want to live
0: in a world where Freddie's not in the White House anymore. (laughs) Right. He becomes so selfish that he just decides
1: to take us all out. (laughs) Becomes... Uh, Well, becomes is a hot word It's a buzzword, I gotta use it Becomes, beyond, beyond, together, I gotta use all those He's going
0: beyond the presidency He wants to return to his constituent Adams Not just his constituency (laughs)
1: Right, but I I wonder, you know Where this season is gonna leave us
0: uh, As far as that goes I
1: know you you can answer that, but you Mm -hmm. shouldn't uh, No, those are the kind of
0: questions I want to propound to you At the end, since you've retained your uh, Season 4 virginity Yeah uh, all right, shall we get to the main plot? Because I've got this essentially b- busted into the main plot, and then uh, deep dives into Frank Claire, and Yates, Thomas, okay. mm-hmm. uh, Doug, Seth, and Leanne. Yep. And then, of course, Hammer Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, Seth's getting some. Do you know who he's he's taking to pound town of evenings? Is that like one of the Underwood staffers? Is that like a press? Someone working at the press. I'm not sure. She's not sure. super young and she's super naked and she's super mm-hmm. on his laptop uh, I didn't recognize her. I didn't either. And I'm like am I supposed to take in I'm always I'm always thinking am I supposed to take anything away from this? Like is this sh- saying something about Seth's sloppiness or his humanity? in comparison to Doug. Or what? his dedication,
1: maybe? Like, I don't Well, that's don't true, know.
0: because she's, like, wanting breakfast, and he's like, no, GTFO, gotta I gotta work. I got to work. Yep. Because uh, the newspapers are leaking, or are actually publishing the rumors that was being leaked last episode about Kathy Durant having her thumb up her ass and, and twiddling while Claire and the Russian president did all the work. Mm-hmm. A lot more on that later. Uh, we have this kind of uh, CNN-style... You know, Underwood doesn't have the majority needed because the Democratic primary is crazy. And they got super g- delegates and faithless delegates. And it's all fucking random. Democracy. It's, it's crazy. I can't follow it. I can't follow it in real life. I can't follow it on this show. And I don't like it. I do In real life, <laughs> it's like, well, candidate A and candidate B are like just a few dozen Delegates between them, but Canada has 900 superdelegates, so they're obviously in the lead. I'm like, what the fuck is the superdelegates? I,
1: it's I know what the superdelegates are now because I've listened to a lot of Dan Carlin's Crash or not Crash Course, uh, Common Sense, and he talks about them.
0: I feel like they're they they form like a giant Constructicon at the convention and then destroy. Like when necessary, they form and, and they just Pretty destroy much. the whole thing and, and yeah. announced by Fiat, who's the, it's the a, president.
1: It's a, it's a protection mechanism for the party. Uh, essentially, you know, they get to cast their vote. The party does. Yes. So that can push a candidate in one. So whatever the people,
0: regardless of what the people want, Mm -hmm. the party is going to put their thumb on the, that's right. That seems undemocratic way. That seems undemocratic. I mean, I'm not going to argue against that. And and, and yet the (laughs) democratic party is the one with the big super delegate thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Republicans also have is this it.
0: thing like what North Korea calls itself the People's Republic of Co- you know Democratic Public of Korea and it's like the more mm-hmm. the name has yeah. democracy and peoples the and republic speak. and that the, the 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 more you should like you know cover your wallet and reach for your gun yeah the more George Orwell starts spinning in his grave sure uh, but this is why this is such a big fucking deal because now it's an open convention and everything's turned upside down Frank might not even be the president which is going to be an interesting season five development. Yeah. or he's just retired out of work.
1: <laughs> I was wondering about that. Will they go beyond the presidency? Because there's still stuff for president. It was interesting like seeing Walker.
0: Yeah, just chilling in his massive mansion, waiting for Hammer to come to him. And I, I, I,
1: I looked up. I man, I went down a
0: rabbit hole of impeachment process mm. and like
1: all sorts of stuff on this Walker thing. because yeah. we know he was impeached. I, but pardoned. Right, but pardon, very similar to how Bill Clinton was, and well, very I, I was similar like,
0: to how Nixon was, like that. Nixon seems... resigned, didn't he? Yeah, but then uh, Ford gave him a pardon, just to like you know, okay. just, to, just to squash any investigations, and yeah, it's always for he, the, yeah. the good of the nation, we right? Right, he, on. he
1: was pardoned. Not, Bill Clinton was not pardoned. Bill Clinton was just found not guilty by the senate okay uh he was impeached but that doesn't mean he was kicked out of office right impeached. and so he gets it's, it's kind of like being court-martialed like,
0: court-martialed just means you're a drug in front of a tribunal it doesn't mean you're guilty you're innocent exactly yeah but most of the time it means you're you're probably guilty so i think it's like used synonymously
1: yeah I-, I was curious because walker has like all these people the secret service around him and i guess he
0: see presidents get secret service coverage for life and so do first ladies i
1: now i know this yeah uh
0: i was wondering about impeachment though but ah. uh I don't know. Well, if
1: you're pardoned, he I was guess pardoned. That's, yeah, that's, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Anyway, interesting, interesting political maneuverings here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Frank then bullies the convention chair into playing favorites by essentially putting the votes on hold while he can deal with this ICO advance that he's kind of himself engineered. He's mm-hmm. essentially saying, "Oh, this has become to a boiling point, and I gotta go. I can't. I can't do this from my mobile White House. I need my Situation Room. Uh-huh. This is a situation." I, I, I don't I don't use national security matters for political purposes, which <laughs> hilarious. Uh, meanwhile, Jackie I guess is calling every California delegate, all 490 some of them uh, individually, and saying Frank is a corrupt, arrogant bully, and he wiped his ass with my vice presidential nomination, and you should back Kathy Durant. Okay, lots of ammunition being arranged against him, uh, and he tries. Uh, what I think is funny is after Kathy has shown her to after she's hoisted the Jolly Roger and gone rogue, he sits there in a car and still tries to win her over.
1: Yeah, Frank plays a long game. And, and
0: her face is just completely priceless through all this. Like she's just can't believe that he's still trying to sell her. Yeah. And I also think it's kind of a good point that I broadly agree with her. He, she's like, you know, look, uh, you know you and I have history, but Claire and I go back 30 years. you got to respect that loyalty. And she's like, yeah, I might have if you've been honest. Mm-hmm. Why didn't Frank? I, I guess I don't – it feels like Frank did a couple of unforced errors here. I can't put my finger on exactly all of them, but – Well, he was trying to backdoor his way into Claire being the VP, mm-hmm. and – you're
1: right. I don't know why he doesn't just look for Kathy because Kathy was never on the radar at the beginning. It wasn't like she was pushing to be VP or anything. He didn't ever have to offer that. I think he did that for you know his cabinet or what, whatever, his sure. advisor's sake. You know, I- I'm trying to think what the you can party. promise
0: a person if you're a second term president and you got a Secretary of State. You mm. can't say. I guess you could say if I win, I'll support you for your vice president or presidential run later. Mm-hmm. But you can't promise a vice presidential slot at another time because this is your last go around. Right. And that's a that's a risky gamble for Kathy because what if Frank is scandal-ridden in his second term? He might be radioactive. You might not want him campaigning or endorsing you. Is this considered would
1: this be his second term?
0: Yes, it is. If you so if you serve serve half a term, I think it's as, like a, there's a two year cutoff where if okay. you're it's under that, you can still run for two terms. But if it's gotcha. more than the sec if it's more than halfway through the first term, then that's considered a full first term. Mm-hmm. Which I to me, like if I was writing a law, I'd be like two ter- You get two elections. I don't this this half like what six years? Like what the fuck?
1: Yeah, it's weird. You're,
0: you're, or or like nine point eight years, nine point nine
1: years. What? yeah I And mean, that's
0: strange cutoff it is really weird to me it's like having to can you win two elections because that's the thing like if the people don't want you they can always vote you out true I don't understand the horse the, the horse trading that went on in that particular piece mm. of, of legislation It's a constitutional amendment I think huh um, anyway uh, what I forget who called I was watching a comedian they said it's it's essentially a mercy rule. It's turned out to be a kind of mercy rule for Republicans because all of the presidents that you know, like you know, it's like would Clinton have gotten a third term? I don't know. He's would would Obama get a third term if he's running right now? Huh. It was it was originally stopped changed to stop Roosevelt who went for like three and a half terms and eventually died in office. I don't know. <laughs> interesting stuff. Uh so Frank and Kathy, I think it's interesting having them in the Situation Room and she's just completely stonewalling and being unhelpful. Frank floating the idea of opening up this negotiation with a terrorist I think is interesting in light of some of the stuff that I've been hearing on like the serial se- second season serial podcast. Hmm. And some things Dan Carlin said about, you know, we have this firm la- line about not negotiating with terrorists, but what do you do when you have a so-called terrorist state? Mm-hmm. Um, and Or you have an, an instance like, you know, Afghanistan where... You know, you've got warlords that were supporting uh, al-Qaeda, and you got warlords that have just been warlords since the Russians took over, and you go in there and you declare war on all of them, and you refuse to talk to any of them, you can make a worse geopolitical situation than if you had, quote-unquote, negotiated with terrorists, or at least discussed. Like,
1: Right, not negotiation, but communication.
0: I mean, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but we did make peace with Nazi Germany. Right, We did make peace with Imperial Japan. It mm-hmm. seems like something, you know, a, a, a tool you should have in your toolbox. But we all tr- we all treat these guys like they're operating out of a... Min- like, like they're the Iranian terrorists from Back to the Future. The original Back to the Future. There's <laughs> buying plutonium from crazy doctors out of a minivan. They have no legitimacy. They have no territory. They have no... Po- it's, it's I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bomb in this plot is... Petrov, the Russian president, giving an interview saying that Durant is functional but Claire is formidable and essentially uh, flips the script on Kathy because now time's on her side. Now there's a serious thing of her being incompetent. Was there anything – Was, was did, did the Russian president do that of his own free will? Does he want Frank to be president? I don't know.
1: That's a good question. Because I, I
0: was trying to remember if I missed any back channels to the Russian president. Not
1: that I know of. But why would he give that speech? You're right. It's a
0: it's it's a huge bonus for. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to talk to the pretty boy. He's just like, I like this Frank. He's 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 animal like me, you know. Right, and he maybe at least understands Frank a little. But Frank always seems to get the best of him. So I think he also, I th- he wants to keep uh, Claire in the White House too. That's true. He wants to keep her. Uh, I mean, this might all be about it's, within arm's length. It's all about the dog in him. Not yeah. so much about anything. Anything else? That seems like how he leads, how he rules. Sure, uh, but he essentially has a, a, a three-part baseball bat to her dome. First hit is uh, look at Petrov. What he said about you in the press. Second hit is Claire's mother just died, <laughs> and like it's it's like a a Montgomery Burns moment. Lightning flashes and thunder crashes outside the window. Then he says, he gives a little bit of a carrot, says you can keep your job in return for flipping your delegates. Uh, and then he starts going, he essentially admits to murdering Zoe and Pete in a completely deniable and badass and menacing way mm-hmm. and completely scares the shit out of Kathy. How did you, th- what did you think about this? And scene? then straight up threatens her.
1: I mean, I don't think there's any ambiguity With in the, the last part. letter opener? Part. And his words. Yeah, uh, sure. He, he's like, he implies that he's willing to. Uh, Said we didn't kill, kill them, if need be. but we
0: would have if that had been necessary. Right. Uh, I
1: I love this scene. I think it's brilliant. I thought um, it was too, and, and I think I don't know. Kevin Spacey has always been really great in this series, but man, he's shining as of these last
0: few episodes. When he drops that voice, the octave uh-huh. and just like. Um, he never really drops the southern draw, but it becomes no. much more like you know me- less folksy and more menacing. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. It's like
1: this scene and the scene where he's in the White House kitchen with Will, mm-hmm. and he's he's telling him, "Look, you're sure. you're not a good president. You're no. like you're a pretender, and if you get elected, you'll be upgraded to fraud. <laughs> you'll become a fraud." That. <laughs> Jesus, that's a good line. Because
0: I think that's what's so good about that is he is homing in on something the person already believes. Yeah, yeah. And then using it to cut him the ribbons. Like, does Kathy think that he is a murderer or a killer? She's at the very least, she's not sure. Yeah. No. I'm, some... But before he started this, do oh. you think that she was aware of those nah. things being said? No. Nah. Doesn't seem like it. Because even Hammer. Right, you know, I think that's the biggest ha ha. It's like I don't think he's a crook. He's not a murderer. Uh-huh. I don't need prote- I don't need your protection. <laughs> well, we'll see if Doug comes stamping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Kathy takes the stage at the convention, only to fall on her sword and completely yield to Claire. Mm-hmm. They exchange the, then... the Judas kiss, and then Claire gives her speech.
1: They they just go. It's like all right. Well, Kathy endorsed her. Boom. Let's get the nomination over with. Sure. They t-
0: let's let's uh, I'll, I'll do this, it right now in the fervor of the and, moment. And this heady like, sw- tide of emotion. Let's right. take a vote of acclamation because that's how we want to s- make sober decisions yeah. about our democracy. It's crazy. It is crazy, and it's manufactured, and it's staged, and it's- all of this shit just seems so crazy. I mean, between,
1: I mean, Conway when he goes around to these different locations to give his speeches, he's essentially doing
0: a wrestling intro.
1: He's coming out to fucking music, he's smiling, he's waving, he's shaking hands, he's kissing everything. He's standing in front it's, of
0: Mount Rushmore. I mean, that's cheating. It's fucking
1: ludicrous. Yeah. Ludicrous that we allow this shit to go on. It's a pageant. And, it's not
0: an election. And billions of dollars, too. Right. Billions of right. dollars. It's insane to me. Uh, it is, too. What did you think of her actual speech, though? The first time I heard it, I was like, meh. Second hmm. time, I thought it was... It... Well, because that's the other thing, like there's very few great political speeches that are given, yeah, um, most of them are sound, you know are, are written around a couple key sound bites, and you know it, 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 it rubbed me wrong because it doesn't feel like Claire. But if I think about Claire and her public image and what she's projected and how this fits into it, and like I don't think of her being Texas tough. I think okay. of her just being tough. I don't think of her being like you know. There's a certain type of brand of toughness with the Texas, but she plays up into that, which seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. What did what what did you think? Uh, I honestly don't remember it very much. Which well, maybe that's that says kind something. of an indictment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of about. I I liked that she got real. You know, like because uh, that's something that that Tom has been trying to encourage her to do. Yeah, and this, they reference it later. Yeah, as to essentially, you need to she she let that real emotion about. My mom and I didn't always get along, but we reconciled in the end. Those mm-hmm. are true things. Yeah, uh, you left out the part where your mom essentially volunteered to commit medical suicide to score you political points. That's part of the reconciliation, but you know, whatever. It's 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 a piece of the truth. And then me and Francis were almost kaput, and now and it was about the the deranged gunman's bullet. There's a lot more to that story, but that's essentially true. And I guess that right. carries the day with people. Yeah, I mean
1: she she could speak mostly from a place of honesty as much as she has in any other speech, I suppose.
0: And that's the problem like we talked about on the last podcast. It's just really tough to when you're doing a show about a real thing and you're asked to give the political speech of a lifetime, if if you could write that speech, you would probably be making mega bucks in Washington. Yeah. You're a television show writer so you write the tribute to the greatest campaign speech in the world, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so, and I, I guess that's what I thought it was. Okay. Um, I also like the, I thought the one part that rung true was the how Frank's the only family she has left. Mm-hmm. I trust him with my life, our nation, and our future. Those are complete, the, those words mean complete, something completely different to Claire than they would for anyone in the audience, but I imagine it plays well. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then the Underwoods stand there triumphant. Uh, and then we begin the next episode with a whole bunch of Montages of them scurrying around and doing travel and appearances. Most shocking thing, Claire Underwood does her own makeup. Yeah. Why would the first lady apply her own damn makeup on Air Force One?
1: Maybe because she tried to get a manicure and the woman fucked up her (laughs) hands so badly. She was like, no, 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 Bald them. Yeah. God, you're doing... If you're doing manicures for the vice presidential candidate and first lady of the nation, you should never mess up. Yeah. There are a thousand other of you that can replace you at any. But moment. if you're
0: sitting there and 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 the first lady and and, and famous novelist Tom Yates are eye fucking each other the whole yeah, time, yeah. maybe you tear a your eyes. Distracted. You. Yeah. Oh fuck! I fucked up a cuticle. I'm sorry, first lady. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess that's true. The other girls just jabbering the eye. <laughs> <Right. and laughs>
1: that's lipstick, not eyeliner. It's what like, are you what doing? Am I got one of my
0: rabbit at Eli Lilly test slabs. Get this shit <laughs> out of here. Uh. So the whole point of this montage is it's given, it's 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 hitting Frank where it hurts the most, his liver.
1: Oh yeah, his, his health is might be a real problem here. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen the final episode, but he kind of takes a sideline through most of this.
0: Yeah, because uh, he reduces his air travel to one day a week per doctor's orders. Uh, but they're, they they say well they need to project power, and he does that through two ways. The first, most obvious way is he begins a massive campaign against Aiko, involving. Yeah, uh, he's trying to get Russia to do the fighting for us, which is a smart play, in my mm. opinion. Uh, but he's also not ruling out special forces on the ground. His second projection of power is Claire herself. Yeah, uh, going out there and uh, doing and going radio to for interviews, him. doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Conway has got some trouble domestically because the general is spitting mad that he thinks, as a military man and as kind of a nonpartisan, this idea of like the Russians bleeding instead of us is exactly the right thing. And this is the mm-hmm. kind of thing that I'd want, and you're wanting me to oppose it for purely political reasons Yeah, and perhaps get U.S. citizens and troops killed. And you can tell this guy's a man of principle, and he doesn't belong in politics. Right. And he Crossed the line, and now he's regretting it. Indeed. Uh, but he doesn't... Uh, he, he finds his moral stand a little bit too late in the episode, because Conway talks him into leaning on House Intelligence Committee members, Republicans especially, to block uh, mm-hmm. Fran- Frank trying to backdoor this stuff with the Russians. Yeah. Uh, and it's essentially Will walking right into a giant trap. Uh, Frank... We we they they drop casually that he has managed to capture the head of Ico because he went ahead and sent the American troops and him and Will had this big kind of blowout over the phone about it. Uh, there's this debate with him and Claire and the general and Will uh, where uh, I so this data douche guy Aiden. First of all, I don't understand his contributions. Really. Well, like, when he's, he said... He's when shaping he said, their message.
1: Well, but, but he's, he's giving them a message because it, they didn't really have one before. Here's the thing. What yeah. he
0: says in this scene where it's like, oh, he fell right into the schoolboy pretty, pretty boy trap. I'm like, right. this smacks of subliminal messaging, which doesn't right. work. It's, it works to the extent that you can see it and it can set a theme and you can appreciate it, but it doesn't actually move anyone to feel one way or another about it. But it does shape a
1: conversation, I think. The words you hmm. use, um, the things you imply with those words, I think they do shape the conversation. And if they can do that for the public by pushing him into bad places and supporting their side with the message they want to send, I think it's probably beneficial.
0: I thought the beyond worked better because it, that's like this phrase tests well with people. Yeah. It's not a trick, it's a way to frame an argument. Whereas this pretty boy shit seemed like it was the old school you know, subliminal advertising that, that that quacks still are afraid about.
1: Well, it's also this this thing you see in politics all the time, where, like, people are trying to get bills passed, and they'll do interviews with 16 different senators, and all of them will use a particular phrase. Sure. And that becomes kind sure. of the consciousness in the public is, they're they're developing talking points, and I feel like that's what they're doing here. Yes. Uh, and that shit works, you know? It gets the public thinking yeah. in a certain way. Uh. It does have it does have its place. Uh, I, I think it's a little sleazy and disgusting. Sure. But what are you going to do? Uh, can, can I just say this guy has the worst taste in music. Like, I, I like jazz. Uh, this is horseshit. This, no, this These jazz saxophones, is aggressively bad. My God.
0: People didn't know they liked jazz until they heard it. And, then and they he's didn't dancing know they,
1: to this bullshit in his office they didn't and he's listening.
0: They didn't know they hated jazz until they showed up at <laughs> this fucking club. <laughs> Like, these are two guys daring the audience to leave. Yes. Yeah, how far can we push this They're jerking off, making eye contact with everyone, and daring you to leave.
1: And then he takes a big swig of booze at the end. I'm like, yeah, you pretty much have to be drunk to tolerate this shit. I was just like, stop it. Please stop the music in this scene. Go to the next scene. I'm done. Don't. It's horrible.
0: This guy. I'm not going to say it's because i did find it kind of interesting in the construction but who the fuck listens to that for pleasure right right i don't know i don't know maybe i get i get get, get a jazz aficionado to tell us that it's like the best kind of jazz ever (laughs) well he can tell me that i don't i still don't (laughs) like it Uh, I, I like experimental not... music is fine. Yeah. You need it. I'm not. I'm fine. I, yeah, I I like jazz. Like I I go to a nightclub that that plays jazz. Like uh, what was it? Slippery Noodle in in Indianapolis, right. yeah. and it's a good time. It's it's great. Kind of just like you know you 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 bob your head yep. and you tap your foot and you have some light conversation in between sets and you drink and it's fun. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is not fun. I couldn't last. <laughs> This is the kind of shit that they use to drive like a uh, uh, terrorist from a hostage situation. Like they yeah, that
1: this is in Gitmo twenty four seven. Yes. <laughs> in yes, every cell. Yes. It, it, so with experimental music, it's it's kind of like experimental drugs. Don't bring them to me until they've been experimented with and they're finalized. Yeah. Then I'll listen. Then I'll take the drugs. But yeah. until then, just keep keep noodling on your own time. Uh,
0: so the other thing that this debate Establishes is that he sets the trap that Will's going to work in. He says, gives him a chance to come clean. Like, you interfered with the Senate Committee on Intelligence. And they're like, no, 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 we didn't. Right, straight Uh, up lie. And then in the middle of it, a military officer comes to fetch the president because a family has been taken hostage. And what's shocking is they're taken hostage on American soil by what is clearly American youths. Like, we've heard the... You know, American Taliban stories and yeah. people going across the sea, you know, but but a fact that you got an active terrorist sale comprised of native born Americans who have no obvious Islamic connections. Yeah. Is kind of legit terrifying. First of all, Islamic? Everybody in this these episodes says Islamic. Do that? I didn't notice. I
1: could I, just I could not notice. No, really? you said Islamic, okay. which I think is the way it's pronounced. That's how I mm-hmm. pronounce it. It just it struck me when they said Islamic like three or four times. Hmm. Uh, the other thing is this; it was so surprising to me that this uh, terrorist was speaking in like a straight up American accent, like nothing. I was like, "Hmm, okay." So are they over in like uh, a Middle Eastern country? Is this guy like uh, defected from the U.S. and is helping them out? Like, and as my, my first but thought was, I was like, "This is just a badly
0: produced thing." Did they not? Did they really
1: not go all
0: out here? My no, my first And then I realized my what first they were thought doing. was they are they trying to be politically correct and like oh, it's okay. an Islamic terrorist, but he's but then they actually made it part of the plot. So Yeah,
1: yeah. And I didn't realize until they did that that it wasn't just like either badly filmed or badly conceived or something. Yeah. Uh
0: but t- <laughs> it they was try jarring. they try to they try to, you know, obviously you know, one of the core terrorist plots are trying to affect political change. They mentioned that they will not talk with the, tra- the scumbag, whatever they call him, the faithless, uh, uh, the disgraced. I forget is exactly, that, but they call it whatever. Like Underwood, or something. I don't. Know. They only negotiate with his successor, Conway. Yeah, which is an interesting way uh, to, to frame that. Um, Doug um, simultaneously is going to lean on a Republican who serves on the House Intelligence Committee. Who has uh, a conspicuous purple heart framed in his office. And they don't actually come out and say it. But there's something shameful about his war record. Maybe fraudulent. That he's run on and banked on. And Frank's got a secret that he's been sitting on it for years. To call in are, the chip.
1: Are we supposed to know who this guy is?
0: No. I looked... He... he okay. I, Thank goodness, because I didn't
1: recognize him, and I was like, man, I'm going to get on this podcast and not have any idea who this guy is. No.
0: Because that's the thing, like, Frank rarely had dealings with Republicans, because that's right. a whip, that wasn't his job. Like, if, yeah. you'd have occasionally see the other party. Um, but the effective thing is, we
1: know that he does... He does do this. He's Godfather-esque. He collects these kind of favors, yes, and he's been and since, says one day I'll
0: come and call upon you. And I mean, it was almost intentional. Yeah, like one day, and that day may never come. Uh-huh. You know? it's, it's time, Bonasluarez. <laughs> you got to bake me the cake exactly. Uh, but uh... so you got that. Uh, the general is really not liking how Conway is handling things because Conway wants to deal directly, like bypass what the president says, and just release a video talking directly to terrorists, which. I feel like that would be a fucking huge scandal. Like that would backfire on you so fast to yeah. negotiate behind the sitting president's back, regardless of what the terrorist said. Just to decide to unilaterally negotiate with them anyway. That's like something Bruce Willis would do in a movie. Yeah, I. That seems like he's playing. I don't. That that this feels a little. In fact, Conway from this episode forward feels very unrealistic to me.
1: Unrealistic. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that vibe. He's certainly a shitbag.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, if it's a Frank Underwood situation where we saw his public and private life and he's just... But I guess maybe this is a lot like Pete Russo, only fast forward. But like In what way? Well, because Pete was a shit heel, but in his personal life you saw what a good man he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he legit felt bad, whereas, you know, with his, with right. his kids and with his girlfriend and all that stuff... But with con Conway it just feels like he's a phony and I felt like I saw enough of him behind the scenes with just him and his wife that I didn't feel like you know, when I first met him, like it's kinda of refreshing to see an appealing Republican candidate that like, okay, right. I could see him having broad appeal in the nation. And then I see behind the scenes, he's like, Yeah, he looks like he's a legit good dad, good father, mm-hmm. you know, pay-. and then it's like, okay, he's a little bit politically calculated. Now he's just a fucking madman, it feels like. He's this close to like slapping his wife around, like, <laughs>
1: Is he He's really? going to choke his kid
0: out. Because uh, <laughs> no, he, re- his <laughs> kid, to be fair, his kid is Bart Simpson yeah. at the White
1: House. Like His kid's going to grow up a spoiled as
0: fuck. Uh, My dad's a
1: governor. You know, I know, My dad's
0: I, a former president. Fuck you. I didn't get that from, I did not get that from his kid either. I feel like they're a character assassinating both of them. Not yet give that kid seven years. I know. Give that kid till he hits puberty and see but, what happens. But he just seemed like a cute exuberant kid. This yeah. in the white yeah. house he's portrayed as just like almost out of control. He's just touching things Little. that aren't his. And he's assuming I want he coffee. Can, he, yeah. I like, want
1: juice. I'll get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Throw it scalding into his face. Gotta learn him. Uh, <laughs> no, but
1: I, so I don't know because he's still like, William is still reading to his son when he's in the white house. And I don't know if this is an act for Frank, like to say, Hey, we're the perfect family. haha. ha. Ha. Uh, or if this is something that he genuinely does, and he is good with his family, I,
0: I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything with his family. Is he corrupted that, by the political process? Uh, and, with, and that's the other thing. Well, I, I feel don't like know. there was six weeks between his episodes, so I saw him like six months ago, and now right. I'm seeing him six months later. And it's tough to tell. You know, we saw how Dunbar even got corrupted. Um yeah. everyone's been corrupted by it. Everyone gets corrupted by this stuff. It just felt like it was a little fast for me. Especially I think since it's in his nature, though. I that's think... the other thing with Pete Russo. We meet Pete Russo, you already see that his he's kind of a mess in a person his personal life, so yeah. him sliding a little bit further is not a stretch. Whereas mm-hmm. this guy seemed like he had all his shit together. I don't know. I yeah. I was put off by the sudden his sudden heel turn. I think it'd been far more interesting to defeat him as a fairly kind of st- You know, maybe he's a little bit lightly corrupted because who isn't at this stage of the game, but just the fact that he went total kind of selfish, immoral person, and and kind of short-sightedly so, too. I'm with you. I I get that it was a bit of a turn, but
1: like you said, there's a lot of time there that we don't see. And also, like, who's going to be an opponent for Frank, right? Is it going to be the nice guy who Frank can just steamroll over? and just bully around or is it going to be somebody who's as as willing to go there but he's a light that's the Frank other thing. he's is, a lightweight to I know. and, that,
0: and that, I feel like that's house of cards biggest problem is they do not cannot find a worthy foe that, that we as the viewer respect, it's just setting up paper tigers for Frank to chew through. And this is yet another paper tiger. Except for Tusk. Get Tusk in the in the running. But that's have the other thing. Don't Tusk you go head season to head. two? Like, I felt like he committed a lot of unforced errors down the stretch, which I don't think that Raymond Tusk would have committed. So they turned him into a paper tiger just so Frank could beat right. him. Right. And that's right. a little getting on my nerves a, a bit. Gotcha. Or it's it's not. I mean, it's just like a little tropey. Like I hope mm. in the final season, if next season is the final one, they do find someone who's just worth. Maybe just, that's the thing. He gets defeated. Maybe Walker comes back, runs again. He wasn't. Well, he Walker's was... not out of the race yet, I suppose. Walk Walker? I'm not sorry, Walker. I thought you were talking about Conway. No, I'm
1: talking about the former president Walker.
0: Ah.
1: <laughs> he comes back and beats Frank. I don't even know if he'd be allowed to run. He was pardoned, but. Hmm. He. I don't know how that works. Well, I didn't there's a the question of whether he,
0: it's legal for him to do so, and there's uh-huh. the question about whether he's electable. I think the electable question would be the one I, that right. he falls down on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like I said, the general... How about Aiden? Can we Aiden? get Aiden running against Frank? Aiden? Sure. <laughs> next term. Sure. Until the the leaked videos of him dancing <laughs> naked in his office come out. Uh-huh. Uh... Anyway, uh, he, Frank mentions that Conway's flaws that he aches for the spotlight, and what Frank's idea is exploiting this is he's going to invite, he's going to invite him into the, the be his the mouthpiece, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand why this is such a trap. So it, I
1: think he has identified his big weakness, though. Sure, he he does love the spotlight, and he's willing to. Uh, maybe be a little short sighted in order to gain a little press. And that's a problem for him. Yeah. But yeah, I so this backfires on him, right? He calls him in and I think he the the press spins it as, hey, Conway did a great job with these terrorists. Sure. Uh they haven't killed anybody. Um, that sort of thing. And so that backfires on him a little bit, and I feel like that's why Conway kind of gets ahead of steam and has this conversation where he tries to antagonize Frank and but in Frank the White is House. inviting
0: this, like inviting him to my home this these are all things that well, he is using to lull Conway into yeah. a false sense of security.
1: Well, I really think Tom identifies it, uh, Yates. He says, You're really just waiting for this guy to slip up? He's not mm-hmm. going to. Yeah. He's too good at this. Uh I I really think that's their plan as far as I can tell. Okay although he kind of already did slip up right he lied so they have that in their back pocket as long as they can get the republican that, to think. say that yeah. publicly and
0: and i think frank knows that too yeah so he has oh that's a big game because the, fr- the republican just be like you know what fuck you i'm if you disgrace right? me you disgrace me because th- it's possible yeah yeah and also like I guess so if he doesn't do it you have to release his war record, which has been disgracing, but then how does that stuff get out? How does that stuff get leaked and not talk uh I guess that's what why Frank's so good. He can leak that shit and it, it never looks like it comes back on him. Yeah. But that's is happened there a way so that many times it's together? almost like, you know, it, it's it's kinda of like the Bill Cosby situation. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, sure. A court of law has not ruled that you've raped any of these women, but like sixty-five women have said from all different, you know, generations yeah. and ages and circumstances have said you've done this. Now, so mm-hmm. you might not get convicted in a court of law, but everybody thinks you're a rapist now. Sure. Like I feel like that's what journal. That's what the journalists would do. They'd be like, you know, we've heard thirteen unconfirmed reports of the Frank Underwood administration. Uh, doing hatchet jobs on people I don't have I can't prove anything but man there's a lot of smoke right right
1: I, I wonder if they would be able to connect this this republican with uh, the disgraced war record you know who I bet with could? Conway
0: I bet hammer and his bunker full of young motivated journalists hungry journalists secret journalists could could make some hay of this revelation
1: right no but i'm I'm talking the other way around like yeah. if if Frank wanted to use even the Republican not uh, not admitting to Conway talking to him and lying about it, mm-hmm. uh, he might be able to say, hey, this guy's disgraced. And before he does that, get get some way to connect the two guys yeah. in a way that looks bad and then say, oh, Conway's working with this disgraced Republican guy who's lying about shit. What is Conway lying about? Sure.
0: The other thing Maybe. I thought was cool, because this is kind of like there's this race condition. Like Frank is trying to avoid self-destruction long enough for Conway to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But by this latest crisis, the NSA is like, oh yeah, this big wiretapping operation we're using, this is a domestic terror thing, let's use it to get deep background on things, and they essentially invade Aiden's whole operation, mm-hmm. which is super dangerous. You've got Did all these investigation the... you've got the CIA, the, the NSA, NSA FBI, yeah, everybody's this. got their hands in this pie now. And
1: Stamper's like, oh, what? What? Yeah. I, was, I gave him clearance. What's sure. the problem?
0: Yeah, not 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 a big deal. <laughs> Fucking stamper. Uh we also find out that like something that bugged me last episode is that Hannah has this obvious accent and she's mm. from England. Yeah. Case and closed. She tries to say that uh Claire's her biggest role model. Is this sincere or is this bullshit? Because
1: I think it's all bullshit.
0: When she twists a knife at the end about not having kids, I thought that's where I was sure that no, she was just blowing shit, blowing her smoke.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And then Claire coming back, like you know, she said, "Hey, do you regret not having kids? Do you ever regret having them?"
1: <laughs> As her kids running around, screaming, ice
0: cold. Because that's the thing, taking a shit on the floor. That's the thing. Like that's the perfect thing to come back to a smarmy parent like that. Because you can't tell me in your heart of hearts you've never had one single, like, oh, my God, if I didn't have kids, what could I have been? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. They're the light of your life, and they're gifts, and and they're so precious, and the arms (laughs) around your neck, and nothing can replace it, and all that kind of stuff. But. But. But, you know, there's got to be a little bit, right? Or maybe I'm just a terrible person. Uh Let's see. What else? Oh, so Conway... I don't know if we're going to get back to Aiden.
1: I wanted to talk about the uh, the classic porthole and staircase scene. Uh, I, I really love those scenes where Stamper's like, uh, you're officially here to talk about I We will get that, but that's going to be in the me. Frank okay. Claire
0: Tom thing. Gotcha. Um, okay. Uh, Conway, what did you think of his performance actually on the Horn of the Terrace? Because I thought the whole time he looks like he's about to poop his pants.
1: Yeah. No, I and I think that's why Frank's conversation with him later affects him because... He realizes, look, I I negotiated with terrorists here, mm-hmm. accidentally, kind of in the moment, but I did it, uh, and and he said that he regretted the stuff he did in the middle,
0: like, and the terrorist releases that to the media, yeah,
1: I I th- I can't imagine the White House would release that,
0: so yeah. That's what I was thinking because I'm like, why the fuck would? They? And I'm like, oh wait, the terrorists. Of course, they this will. is a yeah. two-way. Yeah, it's like, and, and that was my thought. Like, you know, they're recording this, right? Yeah. So when you
1: admit that you're ashamed of your military, that's what I was service, thinking the whole time. Like, this man, is very bad on, for on you. a
0: Republican ticket. You're gonna, you, that that shit doesn't even fly. And down. he's asking John a... Kerry what kind of bullshit allegations right. about your loyalty and that and and, and all that stuff uh, can do for you on the Democratic ticket. Republican, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah.
1: Especially when your whole message is I'm the tough military guy who's willing to do what it yes. takes. I'm a man of action. He says that multiple times. I'm so proud of my service. It's his well, entire campaign, right? And like aside yeah. from his family man persona.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's got to have
1: repercussions.
0: So we see Frank himself strong arm the House Intelligence member because I guess Doug wasn't enough. Uh and he had this brilliant scene where he shows his vote count magnet that we remember from mm-hmm. early earlier seasons. And says, "You know what? Over the 20 years, I never forced you. I held back to protect your honor. Um, but now I'm putting you in my column, George. So I guess that's enough to to get the loyalty." Yeah, uh, we already talked about the Frank versus Conway uh, over over White House kitchen uh, argument. I just can't say how much I love that scene. It's good, it's, because it's really you, great. you think that Conway's getting the upper hand, yeah. and then Frank lowers the boom with that, you're a pretender, and if yeah. you win the election, you'll get promoted for pretender to fraud, and Conway's like, fuck, he's right. <laughs> and then the way he dismisses him, don't, it's like he says, don't let me hold you up, but he's really saying, get the fuck out of my kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> um, That's great. Frank also has another trick up his sleeve. He's working on something else that he needs Claire's help with. Uh, at the same time, we find out that they think they have the terrorists pinned down in Northern Virginia. They've they've essentially done the old uh, Charlie's Angels trick of isolating a particular bird call, and it's only native to this one thing. And they think they know where the <laughs> compound is. All right. And then Frank sits down and negotiates the terrorists, but he's doing the talking now. Fuck yeah. you, Will.
1: And then it just kind of ends. What real if, abruptly?
0: What are Frank and Claire doing? I, I, like I said I've seen I this. I, I can't don't cheat, know. but I'm wondering: Do you have any idea what the scheme is? I really don't at this point. It, it seems like,
1: I don't know. So a lot of the time, like when Claire's giving her radio interviews and stuff, like I'm just not, I'm just not still sold on this, this Claire, this Underwood, Underwood ticket here. Yeah. Like fine. They've done all this together, but what can she do alone? Because that's the question everyone is asking.
0: She can go beyond. <laughs>
1: It's such a generic state. Like, they get on security and children in these interviews with Conway and how those are generic, nice things that play well. Well, sort of going beyond and doing this together. Like, mm-hmm. it's all genericisms, and it's it's just, like, the question here isn't asking, what have you and Frank done together? It's, what can you do without Frank? Sure. And that question is still very much up in the air. And, in fact, it's it's been partially answered with her UN stuff. Uh, she failed miserably at that. I, Did she
0: fail miserably at it? No, I mean, she failed at I, it. I feel like that now it's being spun as like maybe that, that was a light fail, but the other Russian thing was a strong win, and it, she's got this that water was, thing, yeah. and she's got the – I mean, they, they do make a case for her in a radio interview of like all the accomplishments she's done for women's rights and stuff. So it's – I don't
1: know. I just think it's not super sturdy um, without it, and she's answering a question that people aren't asking. Not asking what you can do with Frank, they're asking what you can do without him. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Because even then, like you know, if you want to be uncharitable, you could say, "Well, if your husband wasn't the House Whip, and if he wasn't the Vice President, and if he wasn't the President, none of these things would have ever happened for you." And for a lot of those accusations, absolutely Absolutely true. true, Um, So anyway, let's talk about let's 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 unless you want to speculate on that plan. No, I really have no idea. A deep dive of the Claire Tom Frank triangle. Okay uh isosceles triangle uh right angle triangle that happens here uh we're not getting... I was surprised we didn't get a Yeechum. uh we didn't get a Yates a three way Yates a 3 yates way um we it's nope. it's it's definitely a uh, dynamic duo situation not a power trio yeah so. yeah well
1: yeah it's it's a strange the most uncomfortable breakfast of all time. Like, I can't
0: imagine being in that scenario. I don't want to rush there just yet. Uh, let's, <laughs> right. let's talk about how this begins. Because this begins with Claire uh, uh, from last podcast. She fled to Texas under cover of caring about her mother yep. and her dying. And she's bad off. She yep. now can't climb the stairs. She's confined to her bed. She's she's dying. drinking bottles of morphine at a time, which I have some questions about that later. But she takes an immediate liking to Tom Yates because, admittedly, he is pretty fucking uh, charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, she says like it must be convenient to have a dying mother when you skip town. There's a really cute scene where Tom's doing a seance and her mother, and he's saying that you and another life were like a, a consort to the to, to, to Russian royalty, mm. and something about Rasputin and his 14-inch schlong, <laughs> and she's got the ba- she's kept on the, held of the baby teeth uh, from the First Lady, yep. and there's this whole line about how her mom was jealous of her because she was afraid of the dark, and she would try to will the sun to rise and fall asleep with their head and she's like oh i was admired to you for thinking you could bring the dawn none of this played for me at all yeah i honestly didn't give a shit about most of this it's i thought, it only got interesting when her mother decided she wanted to die sure sure um and there's other things i thought were interesting for claire like when her and tom are outside and he says you know she crossed out the a paragraph on was it love yeah or then, I think this was earlier on. He She crossed out a bunch of stuff in the speech because it was bad. And he's like, is that what you're going to do to this experience? He's going to cross it out because it isn't good. Mm-hmm. And he says that he thinks hatred's ugly and it's too beautiful a day for that. And it seems like Tom is the broker of peace between Claire and her mom. Sure. I, I, that's accurate. Uh, Claire is kind of shaken by this and starts having moments of doubt where Frank helps her with a thought experiment saying that if I died from my liver failing... The only thing that would give me peace and happiness is knowing that I'm tr- turning over the, the reins of this whole beast to you. Mm-hmm. If I was giving that to Kathy or if I was giving that to Dunbar, it would be essentially the flames of hell licking at my soul. Uh, so that then the nurse helpfully says, hey, your mom's only got a few weeks left, and if you give her a bunch of morphine, her body will give up.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do that.
0: Uh, because, you know, she'll overdose. So...
1: Uh I, the she, only reason I'm interested in any of this is because of the relationship it sets up with but here's Tom the and Claire because I I he made her mom
0: laugh. Well so like that's the important part here. There some of the some of the steam speaks to me because I'm estranged from my mother mm-hmm. and I have these I sometimes have these thought experience myself. Like I wonder what happen, what I would feel legitimately if she were to die. Right. Um and I is there any chance of like a reconciliation? And I was surprised, even though I didn't give a shit about like I didn't believe her mom in a relationship. I thought the three of them together, yeah, like, being with her when she died was kind of moving. Despite all that, it
1: is. It's a powerful scene, uh, and I, I think anyone who has like lost a parent, which I have been, you know, in 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 the the way that actually matters, I guess. uh yeah. Fortunate enough not to right. have yet, uh, but you gotta be moved by this scene. You have mm-hmm. to be. hmm It's it's a very powerful scene.
0: What I don't understand the way they framed it is why she needs Claire's help or assistance for this. Because she's had the bottle of morphine in the drops. Like, she needed Claire to have squirt it into her mouth. Now, this is a minor point, but mechanically, I didn't understand. She's like, I... Well, I, I, th- I think that all the things are coming together where she's she's ready for this
1: now. Like, she wasn't before. She was still kind of being stubborn about it and like and i'm gonna die anyway i can
0: help you now let me help you and
1: and they're on the road to reconciliation right before that like tom is brokering that like you said kill me now claire
0: before you you extort me for money and ruin it (laughs) (laughs) pretty much i don't want another one of these two yeah uh so but it's
1: interesting in that that tom is kind of what claire's mother wanted for her from like a frank uh, like her husband instead of frank because frank never made her laugh frank never even saw her laugh uh she hated frank huh and so maybe tom was more of of a thing that she wanted for claire
0: back when she was younger you know well but on the other hand like that's i think there's that dovetails into frank's conversation with tom and claire later like you know uh, it's probably true that one person can't be everything to another person. Sure, And like, you know, most people we see that as like, you know, that's the cost of, you know, that's a price of admission. You have to realistically say this partner, you know, checks off these boxes that, that, I, that I need and these boxes that I want and these boxes I'd like to have, but there's this one and I'm just going to live with that. The yeah. other choice is polyamory sure. where like you check all the boxes, but with different people.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, her mom has her own bias, right? She mm-hmm. wanted – she didn't see the things that Frank gave Claire that Claire because, also wanted. Yeats
0: is not going to give her any kind of Fuck power no. or ambition. No. Like, I mean, a, yeah. a, a novelist, sure. Right. What kind of power is that? <laughs> the, yeah. You can
1: make – maybe be wealthy, uh, maybe have – You know, plenty of money to do some things, but you don't have that power, that drive, and that's the thing that Frank gave her that her mother never saw. Uh, Her mother didn't give a shit about. Now she sees Yates and she thinks this is the perfect woman or guy for Claire,
0: even though she's ignoring the other part of it. The Claire—it's almost like your her mom is like, "Why do you want? I mean, we're rich. Yeah, we've got power. We've got money. We don't need power, you know." And it's the old stone house versus the McMansion thing—I guess. Although it seemed like Claire has both. She had the money and the old stone house in Texas. Mm-hmm. But not the oldest stone house in Washington.
1: Well, it was uh, to be fair, it had a lot of
0: additions. Yeah. It didn't really look right on the outside. What did you think <laughs> of the transition from uh, assisted killing to bone time? Abrupt? A little surprising? Well, But, what, or, but uh, that's what I'm like. I, I'm of two minds about it. Tom because was kind of surprised by it, too. I, I think Tom was going in for the kill.
1: I thought it was more Claire saying, really? let's do this thing. I think Tom might have waited a while.
0: <laughs> like, hmm.
1: at least till the next day. But yeah, Claire I mean, like, is like, let's... It was this close here, to just climbing on hand. top
0: of her cooling body and... Pretty much. Like, circle of life I mean, they shit. didn't even
1: call anybody until the next morning. They left her body sitting there in the bed.
0: Well, you know. Went upstairs and... Uh, you hmm. gotta let the meat rest before you uh, put it in the oven. I don't think that's... <laughs> I think it's after it comes out of the oven. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true <laughs> After it comes out of crematorium yeah. uh, Anyway, uh, you do have to let the meat Achieve room temperature
1: uh, Okay For yes. maximum flavor
0: uh, <laughs> Interesting, and so the rest of the interaction Between Tom and the president I thought was interesting, because they come home And like, we know from A later episode That the president knew When when Yates got off, the and, and the first lady Got off the plane, that something had you happened Between them Yeah but he doesn't – he's classy enough not to say it, but Yates is clearly uncomfortable with the situation. Uh, things get weird between Tom and Claire because she starts taking out all the bits of her speeches about love, which he says is the honest thing because she's embarrassed to say them in front of him about Francis. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, on on Frank's character arc, there's this bizarre scene with him and Freddy. Which I love this scene. I like the scene because I liked Freddie. And if it wasn't for the scene, we wouldn't get any Freddie right. other than him just beating the shit out of Hammer, which was also glorious. Yeah. But Freddie back in a big way. This episode, it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, does it? it...
1: Well, OK, what I'm in, saying in is the course of the, I this episode. Th- yeah,
0: th- is Frank that fucking blind about how he and Freddie left things? Does he, did he, is, is he, he, he is. like seeing this for his politician? Look, I got you another job. Sure, I was responsible for the destruction of your rib joint plan and your franchise deal, and your son. Well, I mean, it shows. Is in jail now because of some of my machinations, or I couldn't defend these, but. Yeah, I think his son is in jail. His, his grandson's, grandson's in, in sixth grade. Yeah. A different institution. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I I I see where I see exactly where Freddie's coming from here. Yeah, and he was trying to be civil. It just seemed very tone deaf for Frank to be like, I know. I mean, I was just like on Freddy's, like, why would Frank do this? How did he fuck up this social equation so badly? He's selfish. He's selfish. That's always been his problem. But he's also very self-aware. Usually.
1: I guess. Uh, it felt like they
0: needed this to happen. I don't
1: know. He hasn't been that self aware with Claire. And that's what drove them apart, mm, right? Is that's he, true. His quest for power has always conflicted with her well being. That's true. And, and he's used her at every turn. And he's done the same with Freddie. The the yeah. The look on Freddie's face when, when Frank says, Oh, you know what you should do before you go? You should come up to the White House. A- and Freddie's like, oh, oh, this is going to be nice. He's going to invite me he's up to a state dinner. To, or to hang yeah. out, to talk, to have a drink. And cook me ribs? No, what, I get ga- motherfucker. I
0: audibly gasped. I, I couldn't believe it. Like I could, I couldn't believe it either.
1: And then when Freddie goes off on him, I that's that is so righteous.
0: Sure, that anger. Sure, thank you, Freddie. And then I thought it was so weak when Frank said, "You, when you're in this house, you call me Mr. President." Like, come on, man. That's the last resort of a guy who's lost an argument. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> Not a good look for Frank. Nope. Uh, and they try to do. I, 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 my my own thing is I don't know that I believe Frank would do. it, But I don't have an answer to the whole Claire thing because Freddie himself makes that connection. Yeah, I don't see how I don't see how Claire stands it. Now they're all thick of thieves again, but not always. Not always.
1: Yeah, and I like I said, I do think that revelation he had, you know, as he was shot and hallucinating, and when he came back, is somewhat genuine. I think he realizes what he's done to Claire a bit. Uh, but he doesn't like having it pointed out by Freddie, and he doesn't like confronting the idea that he's been doing that to everyone. Yeah. Even the people that he considers a friend, they don't consider him a friend because he's manipulative and selfish.
0: Yeah. Anyway, and I, the other thing is, I again, I liked the scene, but I felt like I, I still think, on balance, the writers needed this scene to happen, and it did happen because... If you, uh, everything you say about Frank is true, but then like he wasn't very conciliatory when when Freddie was obviously upset, I think that Frank would be a little yeah. bit more like, "Oh, like I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it to come that." He tried to do that a little bit, but it was more defending himself. Yeah, like, oh, he's confronting... got this all wrong. No, no, no you didn't. No. no, he doesn't. That's why he's so pissed. Yeah, yeah.
1: He he. I, it's never easy to confront things you
0: know are problems with yourself.
1: And- sure uh that's one reaction to deny them and lash out
0: uh so we already talked about the worst jazz club ever uh there's this scene where um claire talks to the couple that puts the sign up in the yard there's on they're on a whole neighborhood full of conway supporters and they're the one underwood hold out because YOLO, mm-hmm. I guess. And they said, why? Because goes, well, it's because you seem like partners. So then that goes uh, has Claire going back to the love angle. And she's really working that beyond thing. Uh, you know, no, no. This is before she knew she was working a beyond thing. She says, we go beyond what's pretty and perfect. We go beyond what's scary and unknown. <laughs> and it's cut with these sad scenes of Tom sadly leaving because he knows, you know, for her to reach her full potential and to be honest with the public that yeah. she can't be, you know, cuckolding the president. Sure. Uh, Frank finds out that Claire's, you know, he thinks that Claire's dismissed Tom from the campaign, and he's kind of understands the situation. He calls Tom in the, over, uh, the Oval Office to discuss his righteous banging of his wife, and uh, finds out that, you know, Tom makes her laugh and feel desired, and Tom said, you know, it's tough when you've got employees that are friends, which, true enough. Mm-hmm. The, r- the reason Frank called him in there is to, m- to kind of make sure there's got going to be nothing with his book. That's going to embarrass Claire. And think, Tom's yeah. like, I would never. And then Frank's like, all right. Right. Good on you. Uh, so this is the scene that you wanted to get to. Frank signs the order to send in the special ops troops and then meets with the data douche, Aiden, mm-hmm. in the spiral, shadowy uh, staircase, hole staircase of dude room where he's met countless times uh, with other people. Petrov. He's put out cigars down here. Kathy, he was, I think. Might have. Yeah, he might have met Kathy
1: or maybe maybe Dunbar. This is the stair
0: Wait. This, is, this is the spiral staircase Dur- of plausible Dunbar. deniability.
1: It is. Yeah, it's where where people go to not have conversations that, uh, that they want to have.
0: He has a concern about security and, and Doug's whole episode has been pressuring him. We need to shut this thing down. Like it's it's uh it, it's it's been it's had its use, but we need to shut it down before it's too late. No. Uh, and I think Frank is heading that direction because I'm not sure how much he buys this whole spoon analogy. Like, oh, it's mask, and I can stir this, I can stir uh, my soup, or my coffee, or my tea, or my peanut butter, and who's to know? It's a spoon. He just got done watching The Matrix. He decided <laughs> there should be no spoon. Sure. Uh, but then he starts uh, saying, well, you know, it's a shame now that Beyond's happened. He talks about how this Beyond stuff is is the key to the campaign, which clearly enthralls Frank and hasn't keep it going, which is going to be trouble probably. Yeah. Uh,
1: sure. There's no way I, I can't the imagine NSA, the CIA,
0: yeah. and the FBI between the three of them can't figure out that there's some skull if if if. if Aiden is more powerful than them. Then I'm gonna start dancing in the studio naked because that must be the secret <laughs> of life. It is. I'm gonna start listening to shitty jazz, dancing naked, and I already got the rap the the, the rap music going. It's true, yeah. Uh, when I'm compiling feedback and whatnot, uh, Tom uh, Frank is Tom calls Frank back and says, "Hey, you should stay on. Claire needs some deep dicking every once in a while to keep her stable, and you're the guy that can give it to her because I can't." and then we have the weirdest most uncomfortable family breakfast. Oh, okay, so we're we're past the uh
1: the discussion he has with Claire. We've moved beyond. Like his explaining of to Claire why it's I
0: thought we already talked about it. Yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to dwell I on it? I just that? thought
1: it was a surprisingly nuanced approach for the executive couple to have of beyond marriage.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the uh, thing like I could never I mean, when I see scenes like this, like I just there's no way I could ever be Polly because like, it's so, I would imagine it's
1: uncomfortable, but at some point you get over that. I imagine I you think get over you do. that. Yeah, yeah, like
0: it's it's like anything. It becomes normal. It's it's weird, but you do it long enough, it becomes normal. Yeah, you have to push past the the jealousies and all that stuff. But and it's like a weird, it's a different kind of relationship. I don't know how you do it when you're the president and you've got the secret service and you got you know you got so many people and you just don't you kind of live in this fishbowl. I don't see how. Yeah. Oh, Yates spend
1: to the White House. He's not that but hasn't left the, the First White lady of the, the week hotel and
0: room and Yates comes in and he's like, "Yeah, I get these people are like super duper loyal, but uh-huh. somebody like a hotel that some they're going to get found out eventually." I would think
1: so. I would think
0: so. And this day like in, in, even JFK era you could get away with it. <laughs> right. But, but Bill Clinton era the, Yeah, it's not it's, so much. No, there's there's it's there's no way. There's no way.
1: Yeah. So I mean he might have an uphill battle if anybody finds out about that. Yeah, uh, trying to spin this, but I, I don't know. I mean i I was just kind of surprised that neither of them is going to have a problem with this relationship. But I, I'm fine with that. It doesn't. You That's know, what they actually, want to do, and I
0: th- I don't understand. I it didn't surprise me that Claire and. Frank didn't have a problem because they've had an open relationship since season one. Like Frank was fucking Chloe for political purposes, right? Claire right. was fucking the photographer for you know whatever, and but and maybe Frank wasn't cool with that, but I think Frank kind of understood. I don't know. Yeah, I I, th- I thought it was interesting because Tom seemed like the one that was really squirming at the breakfast table.
1: He, he, totally, and that's yeah. the thing.
0: Like if I was just having breakfast with some random dude uh-huh. of white, who was I was consensually having sex with his wife, that would be weird enough, but it's the president of the <laughs> goddamn United States in the White House. Yeah. And
1: and you know a thing or two about Frank. Like, if I'm Tom, I'm thinking, where's the setup? What's his angle?
0: What is, When's what the does, hammer coming down? What does Tom know about Frank? He knows he's kind yeah. of ruthless, and he's not above threatening and bullying people, but he doesn't know about the murders. No, no, no. And he also knows the kind of, quote-unquote, softer side of Frank, so he might have a more naive, nuanced view of him. Like, oh, I know the real Frank, and the real Frank is the guy who cries about his buddy at the art Citadel. Right. And- C- can I ask the question, is there maybe a little bit of that tied up in
1: why Frank is okay with this? Because on some level, Frank also connects with Tom. Like, they had that moment last season. It did, it didn't. Where it nearly turned into a physical relationship yes, between did. the two. Uh, I wonder if he doesn't mind having him close partially because of that.
0: I don't know. Do you think that this is going to evolve into a, th- a th- three-way? Uh, that's apes? what I'm. That's what I'm certainly implying. A chilly three-way. Um, I don't know. I don't... And, and
1: honestly, Tom can't get any closer to the story. So maybe this is a play by Tom too. So <laughs> sure. Who sure. knows? This book may come out eventually.
0: Okay. Let's talk about Seth, Doug, and Leanne. Uh, this should be a shorter segment. Um, I thought it was interesting how Seth handled Doug, because Doug was not, like, it seems like Doug on this next level stage is really melting down and turning into, you know, the crime lord we see that just starts putting bodies in vacants, like we've been talking about, and Seth calls him on his bullshit. It's like, look, man, uh, I've come up here, and you are staring down hell in the form of a mini-fridge. Uh huh. And you are losing your shit. And Leanne has no dirt. And Leanne is good. And we need everybody. We need you. You know, like kind of like like one of the most patriotic, loyal Frank speeches I've heard given in, in many a moon. And you can't fire me because that'll look real bad, right? Given the the election, like it's almost like I'm. Look, I'm not loyal and I'm not obedient, but I'm a political animal. And yeah. my best, my best bet for my future is for Frank to win, and your best bet is to fucking get on board with me and Leanne and make sure that it happens. Right, and I, I, and Doug get, doesn't like it. I know. I get Seth's
1: argument; it makes sense to me, but he doesn't know who he's fucking with here. Yeah, and I could honestly see Seth dead by the end of this season. Could be. I could, I could honestly see Mildly that happening. Interesting.
0: But because Seth is like, "Oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to tackle me again?" Here's a glass. <laughs> you don't ask this man that question. <laughs> well, I mean, he just doesn't. you don't want to know the answer to that. He doesn't think. I know. He doesn't think that that Doug's got it in him. Yeah. Like he thinks that that's the worst. I endured the worst, uh-huh. and I don't know. By the end, by, by so why do you think that Alex is, or no, sorry, I don't know why I want to call him Alex? Seth is in real trouble here because it seems like by the end of this triplet of episodes that they're kind of pulled together as a team the strategies are working Doug is kind of calmed down he's got this side piece with the liver lady that I want to talk about I was more speaking about that scene when you go in and you threaten Mm. uh,
1: Doug Stamper you you gotta know what you're in for and he doesn't
0: we can't add another murder to uh, Doug's rap What's that? he just destroyed that toilet (laughs) he went to stampin' that thing's wrecked that spot Uh, has been officially blown up and not in the way it can recover from Uh, let's see what else Uh, So, I mentioned last episode I fucked up this is the actual episode where Doug donates $5,000 to the campaign of the liver lady Yeah, liver lady as you would imagine reaches out because she wants to know who the hell dropped $5,000 on her husband's dead liver campaign Right, and Doug meets the liver woman And here's the thing where it really hurts that we don't know how much time is passing because they went from this initial meeting where he brought her flowers, which I thought was a sour note that she's like, oh, oh, like I don't know who is pushing for this meeting, but it seemed like she was surprised that he showed up with flowers and thought it was kind of inappropriate. And she's the camera. Not only does she not meet Doug's eyes, but the camera goes beneath the table where she's fidgeting her with her wedding ring, and it I does that a couple times. And I didn't get that. That that was, I don't know. I got more like discomfort. But then they start to have this relationship. She goes to his
1: apartment later. cooks and dinner
0: seems to be it's, like
1: all of this is gross.
0: I, I, I get, all of her this husband is gross just to me. died a few months ago, and Stamper killed him. And it's, Stamper arguably killed him, and she's not being honest I mean, not, about that. Not, like what? No, yeah. Is no, it arguably? He would have got that the prison's right. liver. You're right. I, there was no ma- there's no malice it wasn't like you know he had him sure. rubbed out it yeah. was uh you know he's 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 uh what do you call it uh, friendly fire collateral damage
1: all right yeah but this whole relationship is gross to me
0: it is well for what for first of all it's like i it, it's asymmetrical information like yeah. if he said hey i made a tough call and is the president's life for your husband, and I made the call to for it to be your husband, and I donated this out of guilt uh surely they haven't had that conversation right and if they th- had that conversation not showing us, I'd be livid
1: i don't think they have uh, think about what 's going through her head though a random five thousand dollar donation comes in who from works for some, the president some guy works for the president
0: uh what does she think is happening here i If I was her. I don't think I would jump to this guy pulled strings to have my husband killed. I'd be more yeah. like this guy has been the friend of the president and loyal to him and liver thing and is on his awareness and he f- saw the guy okay. that died, you know, hours before and he just he had the money to give and he gave it. Like Is there any implication of wanting something from her? I think like, he does want something from her. This is this smacks of the whole Rachel thing, yeah. Where he had a job to Completely. do, and he transferred his loyalty, and like he, uh, uh, the, he transferred the feelings of the bad, the the his guilty bad feelings he had about doing the things that he thought he had to do into a inappropriate relationship with the uh, the target of his malevolence, mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. And I think it's probably back to his. He must have some kind of fucked up guilt based, shame based relationship with his mother, so he conflates those. And and also, this isn't a sexual relationship so much as oh, it's it's good to take care of someone. Like same thing with Rachel is like read yeah. me stories. And although he she he did pay her like five hundred bucks to suck his dick too. Right. Uh, there. There was some. Doug is gross. He's fucked dude, up. There's dude, a man. lot of weird stuff here. I feel bad for this lady getting mixed up with Doug accidentally. I got to say, uh, I, I watched Chris Matthews last week, and he had Michael Kelly on to interview him about, like, uh. you know, because Chris Matthews used to be essentially uh, the Doug Stamper of Tip O'Neill, which was the uh, uh, majority leader back in the Ronald Reagan days. Okay. And they were talking about, like, you know, real Hollywood or real Washington versus fake Washington. Um, but I got to say, like, Michael Kelly was a really cool, likable guy. Hmm. Um, yeah. he doesn't, like, even, he doesn't even really resent, like, once you take his glasses off, uh, he had the same haircut, he looks the same, but just, he's much more animated. It's, it's, it's the difference, yeah. it's like Giancarlo Esposito. Right. As you Gus. meet him, and then you realize what an amazing performance Gus is. Yeah. Like, I didn't think much of it, but now that I've seen this guy for a couple of minutes, I feel like this Doug Stamper is an amazing creation. uh uh-huh. Because you're just essentially draining all the life out of a person, and filling it up with scotch. He's filling it up with, with <laughs> syringes up of scotch, and, a, and every once in a while you'll lash out in some crazy fury. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's super impressive. It's creepy. He's got a creepy vibe going on, and I like it. Hell of a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else we want to talk about, uh, Doug's Adventures with the Liver Lady? Nah. Uh, are you ready for Hammer Time? Do it. Uh, so there is a lot of obscure... Season two history that you've got to remember to understand the tracks that Hammer's making. He's cross-referencing Motorcades and the reference to the Bate City, and then he meets with Dunbar to verify that he met with Lanigan. Lanigan, if you remember, is the Native American casino operator oh, that Jesus. was in the campaign finance scandal in season two. Wow. Okay. Which is what eventually brought down Walker's campaign. Right. And the whole Tusk thing, that they were laundering foreign money through this casino operator, and now mm-hmm. Hammer's got in, uh, evidence that Frank was directly involved with that. But you yeah. got to put all those pieces together to properly... I don't think you have to to understand it. It's essentially, you know... He's digging up dirt on Frank. Pick a scandal that Frank right. has been involved with. It could have been any of those. I didn't specifically remember that, but
1: yeah, it's effective either way.
0: Uh, Remy meets Hammer by Freddy's old barbecue joint. Uh, mm-hmm. which leads to one of the more colorful dead ends in the Hammer Time investigation, where he gets all excited that, because uh, you know, Remy says it's not about the win and the hows and the whys, but it's the where. He's like, oh, yeah. Freddy's the song. I'm gonna go talk to Freddy. This used to be a rib joint, that sort of thing, yeah. Freddy beats the shit out of him and says, I'm not a snitch, bitch. I love it. And now here's your stitches, and all kinds of badass from Freddy this, this episode. But that's, you know, they've done that, like, you know, he ran into the crazy lady, he now ran into Freddy, who was on a yep. day where you did not want to piss him off. Uh, then I guess Remy, why does he decide to play the most memorable game of Never Have I Ever? I love this scene. With Hammer. Is uh, it because Hammer got his ass kicked and he feels responsible? Like, what breaks Remy down to make him willing to background talk to this guy? I, I feel like it's what Hammer says.
1: You know, he's putting his chips on the better side of Remy winning the day, and I think ultimately it does, right? I mean, he goes to Jackie, and Jackie says her better side is won. Sure. Uh, and I think Remy's better side is winning here.
0: Yeah. Uh, but and he's not willing to go quite as far as, like, publicly well, stating it, but he is, he, maybe he, after he talks with Jackie. Yeah, and that's the thing with Remy, is that he's trying to play this like, well, I never said anything, I just yeah. nodded my head, which is fair enough. And the other thing you gotta remember is Jackie and Remy don't know the worst. Right. Who knows the worst? Stamper. Yeah, Meacham, did he know about... No, Meacham didn't. I don't think he would... I think he knew Frank was seeing uh, Zoe. But no one knows about the murders the for, murder, other yeah. than, than Stamper. Yeah. Um.
1: Do, does Stamper know about Zoe? That he killed Zoe?
0: I think so. Or at least he... I think it was strongly implied that he knew. Okay. He definitely knows about Russo. Yes. Uh he had him take take the car. I don't drive him there. I'm not sure. St- Stampers, Again, uh, this, knows is, this happened three shit. years ago. Yeah, but I, I right. do know that he's got some awareness of the things that Frank has done. He certainly knows about Rachel. Yes, which is the smoking gun that will lead them to the to to, to Pete Russo for sure. Right. And maybe you know, once you prove that he's done those, then he's then then Zoe is is a believable thing too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Hammer goes back to work through the Herald, and he talks to the president, to the, or the owner of it, Um and he symbols this team that's going to work in secrecy, and with absolute loyalty, and they're going to do this investigation. And I thought the entertaining part was where she's wanting security for this guy. He's like, "Yeah, once I publish, I'm golden. Like, you know, you got to worry <laughs> about loyalty, enough. But, you know, Underwood's a crook. He's, he's not a killer. Right. Which I wonder when Hammer will figure that part out. Not yet. Uh...
1: I'm I'm a little concerned. Hmm. Now that I think about it, is there any chance that Stamper confesses something that he shouldn't confess to this to this woman? Feels so guilty to to Moretti. Yes, certainly. Uh, what's her name? Lorraine or La- Lorena? Uh, it's, it's liver lady. Liver lady. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: I think it's actually think- Laura. So she could be the tripel. She's the new tripel. Uh, <laughs> liver lady, Laura. I I think
1: there's a chance of that
0: hmm. because Doug feels and, really and guilty and he, he won't admit a situation it. like this woman cares about me so much and she'll be horrified and she'll, and she'll be under She'll understand that she's that's a- not gonna happen yeah yeah you killed her husband
1: yeah. and you've killed other people and I think if she found that out he might be in trouble with the hammer
0: yeah no um I don't know that's weird weird place that's going and that's kind of essentially Hammer meets president walker I don't know, you know, what's the thing. Because I'd never... I thought President Walker was a pretty shitty president and stupid. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, just desserts here. Um, But it's just, you know, the tighter noose around around Frank's neck.
1: Yeah, he can confess to uh, Frank influencing things. Sure. uh, They're
0: painting a picture. And then when Remy and Jackie agree to go public, there's a couple of loose ends that they just narratively tied up here. Mm -hmm. That fact that, you know, she's in so much trouble in California now that she might not even get her seat, and she's wondering, do I even want my seat back? Because I either go back as the minority whip uh, to a House and Senate controlled by Republicans with a Republican president, or I have to do Frank's bidding for all time. It's like, this is kind of bullshit. I'm ready to get out. Uh, yeah. My fake husband knows about the affair. He's been very kind about it. So they're both like, YOLO, let's shack up and bring down Frank. Right. And I think it's implied that they're getting a divorce.
1: I think so. I, or maybe not even implied. Well,
0: maybe said, because I think they're pretty sure that these pictures are going to come out and they just don't care. Yeah. So the pictures will come yeah. out, they'll get a divorce. She'll lose her seat and they'll go off and be, I don't know, high paid political consultants probably. Yeah. In a McMansion somewhere. Uh, so Hammer, at the, the last scene we have of him, is he wants to, he's got, he's got all these sources, he's got Walker, he's got Remy, he's got Jackie, he wants to send an email to the White House, and the legal team of the Herald's like, I don't know, this is in the middle of a very touchy national security uh, crisis, and Hammer's like, fuck that, I want to hit him while he's on the ground. Is that a miscalculation?
1: Uh, I, always no. were, I always thought
0: you. I thought you want to release news at the on the downbeat of a news cycle, not when it could be arguably drowned out or people like, oh, this okay. is a hard to understand right. scandal by a bunch of people who have sour grapes. Fuck it. Yeah. You know. Uh,
1: I guess it depends on how much you can shift the press attention to it. But, I mean, like, can, can this he story would never enough be enough a problem?
0: number one over domestic terrorists Terrorism. holding sure. a cute family I agree. hostage.
1: Maybe you're right. Maybe that's a mistake on his part. I don't know. Uh, maybe they can do something and sweep it under the rug a little more.
0: We'll see. Uh, before we get the feedback, Jim, would you like to go beyond? What am I going beyond? Beyond podcasting. Of course, I'm talking about Club Bald Move at club.baldmove.com, and we gotta gotta move beyond the relationship of uh, uh, of just uh, audience and podcaster. I mean, because we've got you know we got needs. Uh, you we know, do. You, you, yeah. you meet you meet some of my needs, right? I meet some of yours, but but uh, the the need you don't meet is is, is money. Yeah, I can't you, give you any of that. I don't you, have any. You don't have any. <laughs> some of the listeners have some money. That's true. Maybe they we could have a th- uh, an awkward three way breakfast <laughs> over their generous club donation. Mm-hmm. The go beyond breakfast. Go beyond breakfast. Yeah, do that at club.baldmove.com, Baldmove. Com, where you can get access to. Uh, you can go beyond advertising for real and just just ditch those uh, listen to That's the true. premium feeds they don't have advertising on it uh there's uh, bonus bonus coverage bonus content bonus podcasts uh lunch Jim and Aaron we're doing tonight uh, cocktails or on the rocks right. can't even get our, we're, i'm gone beyond branding i can't even get her show names right we're going beyond the alexander tonight we we are is that would that be the brandy alexander i think so yeah wait i'm just doing cognac though it's just it's just an alexander you yeah. can't go beyond Alexander serving up an Alexander man. Right. Right. Who right. knows what beyond even We've gone beyond anymore. since. Uh, but you can go to club.ballmove.com to find out all the fabulous benefits and, and what you can get out of the arrangement other than awkward three-way breakfasts uh, after a long night of going beyond. Beyond boning is what we're going. Uh, check it out, club.ballmove.com. All right, we got some feedback. If you like to send us feedback, you can do so. House of Cards at baldmove. dot com or on forums. dot baldmove. dot com, where we got everything split up in episodes. If you're sending it in the email, uh, everyone's done a super good job, and I guess it's, it's finale or bust from here on out. But uh, yeah, put that in the. Uh, you know what? I don't think you have to anymore. Just, just if, if you're sending the feedback, it's going to be everything. We're taking all comers episode. for the last episode. <laughs> Bring what you got. And remember, this is the big, we only got the one episode, the finale to cover, but it's going to be like a season retrospective, so any final thoughts or closing thoughts or whatever you have, uh, send it, because the episode coming out this Friday is it, because we got Daredevil, yeah. the man without fear. The podcast without time is, is, is coming to beat the shit out of us uh, on Friday, so uh, I'm excited about that, too. Stamper versus Punisher. Who <laughs> wins? <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, save that for this this the Does Frank got any dirt under his fingernails? This Frank a, Castle? Well, you know, he is, is good
1: at dealing with Franks. We know that. <laughs> but he's also very loyal to them. Anyway, He, he
0: could definitely manage some Franks. Uh, all right. Sierra P says, Claire has told many men that they don't understand her and that the only one who ever has is Francois. Is Tom Yates the only other? Mm. I, yeah, yeah. I think he gets Claire. He gets parts of Claire, right? Like, I don't think he gets the parts of Claire that are like I don't think he even is aware of or believes that she can be as calculating as she can. Sure, I suppose the
1: question is, what does that even mean to get Claire? And like, because Frank <sighs> gets Claire on a certain level,
0: right? And 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 will he become kind of a Meechum in that he? You know, Already he's kind of become the Meacham for Claire. I know that Meacham was kind of something they shared, but Meacham was always Frank's boy, mm-hmm. first and foremost, and it'd be interesting yeah. to see that kind of take place with Claire, but I wonder if Tom will have a breaking point. Like, Meacham's loyal, like he took a bullet for the president.
1: Right, I don't see Tom doing that.
0: Like, what, what does Tom find out that makes him go off the Underwoods? Like, murder? I mean, maybe
1: the story just gets too good for him.
0: Really? He can't, he can't
1: deny his his inner writer and just tell this fucking story and that he's got to get
0: away from them to tell the story yeah do you are though do you think that he's hmm how does he tell the story now that he's part of it because that there's that one thing where it's like you know <laughs> what are you going to do about your book he's like i would never expose her that way or i'd never you know i forget exactly i'd never disrespect her that way yeah is the book even on the table at this point it doesn't seem like it. Or is it I mean, like this is a hell of an experience? I might use elements in later stories, but I cannot. I can no longer tell this story with any kind of objectivity or merit.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I, I think, you know, he always kind of has this in his back pocket. If they piss him off again, like maybe that's a possibility in the future that he'll tell mm-hmm. the story. But right now, it's looking pretty good, and I think that Frank's happy about that. That he won't tell the story.
0: A second part question she asked, will Frank go down in scandal resulting in a President Claire Underwood? Can she pardon him for murder? (sighs) So, that's a great question, because if Frank goes down in scandal, she could plausibly say, I knew nothing about this. I'm holding the elected office that the American people put me there. I am now President Claire Underwood. Now, does that fly with the public?
1: I don't... That's a tough message to sell, that you're you're selling this idea we're partners, we do everything together, sure, me and know Frank are about inseparable. The extortion and... Right. And now you're gonna say you're gonna deny all knowledge, that's a tough story to spin. I
0: mean but the thing is I guess the question you have to ask yourself is would they be doubly impeached? Would they impeach both of them at the same time? Right. Because if they don't And Blythe is impeach... gonna be president again, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> if he just well, it goes like Fed President, I, yeah. okay. then speaker of the house, I think. After it goes president, vice president, and then speaker. Okay, so is Bob in that position Beats right me. now? I do, I do not know. What okay. The, um, so I, they'd have to impeach them both because if not legally, unless she'd have to step down because she would just yeah. automatically be the president unless they impeached her to the next election cycle. Right. Uh, can she pardon him for murder? My understanding is there is no limit to the executive pardon. Now, what you can get away with in the public, and like how much of a pariah post, you know, presidential office, or whether you can be impeached for abuse of that—those are all good, great oh questions. God. But legally, I don't think there is. I know you can't. Okay, so here's the one thing. I think because I remember this from my Making a Murderer research is that you know people uh, you know got all outraged about the Making a Murderer series on Netflix, and they petitioned the White House to pardon. Uh, The subject of the story. Yeah. And President Obama said, well, murder is a a state charge, not federal charge. Right. I don't think the president can pardon you from a state crime. And I think murder, all murder is a state crime. What state would he be murdering people in? Well, that's the thing. Washington,
1: D.C. is not a state.
0: Like, if they wanted to keep Claire from pardoning him, all they'd have to do is make sure to prosecute him in the proper jurisdiction or district. Is there a district in which he can be prosecuted? Like,
1: so guess, did he commit these murders in D.C.? Is that, that that's where what I'm saying? they were? Like, is
0: there a federal murder charge, or does murder right. only become like, or is there other federal crimes you can be committed of, and murder is not one of them?
1: I don't know. That's it's a fair question, but I don't know the
0: answer to it. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So interesting. It looks like I don't know. I did, did I'll have to, I, I I'm not going to do some high-speed googling. Maybe uh we can look at this for next time or I'm okay. sure the listeners might have some opinions on that too. Uh Megan wrote in and says, "Last night I finished episode 15 and I had a f- a, 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 a thought. What if Secretary of State, uh I believe she's talking about Kathy Durant. Okay. Yes. Uh, gets nominated as a presidential candidate over Francis and Claire gets a nomination for vice vice president, effectively squeezing Francis out of power altogether." It's probably a long shot, but the thought did occur to me, and I can definitely see them being that being the straw that breaks the camel's back, setting a motion to fight up till now has been just a dream sequence. Sounds what? like
1: a 409 kind of email, because I think after 410, that's not really in the I, cards. I said
0: episode 50 was uh, a number. 12. Well, sure, but I think this is, is, kind of like is a— Episode 50 is in this
1: trunk. I think.
0: Yeah, but I think this was a what-if kind of question. I mean, okay. I don't— She ends up, like, was this Claire's plan all along? I don't think so. And to me, this is going to be, in my wrap-up, the biggest tragedy of this season is that I'll never know what Leanne and Claire were trying to do from the beginning.
1: Before he got shot, before Frank got shot.
0: Because you can see how tough to fight to make her a vice president was, and -hmm. that was with Frank being shot. Like, that's the old... Frank being shot, her mother had to die... And she had to, during the time that Frank was sh- being shot and dying in the hospital from liver failure, she had to strong arm the Russian president into accepting this kind of more, you know, a more or less unilateral deal with uh, the U.S. and China. Yeah. That is a lot of shit that had to go her way. So I'm like, what was the skeleton of the plan that you and Leanne sat down? I mean, obviously, the first was the Texas congressional race. But once that door closed, she says, yeah. think higher. What the hell was she thinking? It seems like VP. I, that's yeah. but how
1: how would that have worked out without getting uh, Frank getting shot? I would love that's to a really know good question. if
0: even the writers themselves knew, yeah, what her trajectory was because that seemed like tilting at windmills until all the things happened that she couldn't possibly have foreseen. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert F. said you commented around a sixty-minute mark about the paranoia of Stamper regarding their meet in an underground parking garage. I disagree with your point because they are meeting to discuss and possibly at that point proceed with criminal conspiracy that could land them in prison for decades. Stamper mentions at least twice that if the crime is discovered, the tech guy would be hung out to dry. If they were to meet in public, it would only take one picture of them posted to social media for the lone gunman deniability to be blown out of the water. A public meet with the tech guy would also implicate the president's involvement in the scheme. Stamper, with all the criminal activity he had been involved in, should be wary of investigators following him and using recording devices to record his conversations. In fact, it's a possible plot hole that he didn't check the guy for such a the tech guy for such a device. All right, right let's talk not about this. paranoid those. enough. Because I still am uh, on my original thought that they were offering this guy a position as a private contractor to sort through this NSA sniffing data. Uh This is, to some extent, going to be public knowledge. He's getting paid, and he's showing up to work, and he's doing this job – the secret part is that he's also skimming beyond, you know, that the, they're 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 going beyond what his rubric was to, you know, sniff out Ico, and they're just listening to all households everywhere and using it for campaign purposes. Yeah, that's the like if you get caught doing not if you get caught doing this at all because this is your job. If you get caught with your hand in this cookie jar, we're going to disavow you, and you're going to be just some greedy guy who's using this for your own private gain. Right. That's what I'm saying. If you just meet at a Starbucks and you're talking about the job that you're publicly offering, that's cover. If you meet him in some abandoned fucking warehouse and somebody sees you, that's a lot... Then the question is asked, why are you meeting him secretively Why all you're doing is... Yeah. what you're publicly saying you're doing. If you're in start if you're if you're in a I get that. If yeah. you're in some kind of lounge or cocktail lounge, you're like, "Well, we were vetting a person that we we're going to put in a very sensitive position. Of course, we were going, to, would you you want so, the president's representative to not meet with this guy?" Let
1: me say this in defense of the emailer. I didn't realize that was the case that that there was a public side to this relationship at all until this chunk of episodes. Well, that I mean I thought they were is, just completely in the shadows with even knowing Aiden uh even communicating with him at all, I didn't realize he was going to be doing the psycho stuff, too.
0: No, that, that's that's what the pitch was, and he met the NSA. It's so like, I'm not saying it's public, like it's going to be announced in the newspapers, but it's like, uh-huh. I know, he is in his position, he is getting a salary, and this it's on the up and up, like the NSA right. knew about him. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was the most implausible thing, like the NSA would just allow this outsider to come in and sniff their data. No yeah. fucking way do I ever believe that's going to happen, <laughs> but, you sure. know... Uh, He continues, going back to the previous podcast, even if Stampert committed suicide and gifted his liver to the president, no doctor would risk his practice in a person's life performing a transplant using a liver from a known former alcoholic. Hmm. I'm not in the medical field, but I believe there's a myriad of medical consequences, including more possible complications that would arise. My little knowledge of the transplant process leads me to believe that all livers from compromised donors would not make it to anyone on the transplant list. Okay. I think you are brought that I, I think we mentioned that a little bit and I think you're correct now if you had a choice between a possibly compromised lizard lizard right well that's what that's what Doug is he's a partially <laughs> compromised lizard and if you take his lizard liver and that uh, partially compromised is a partially compromised liver better than no liver at all yes and that's the where answer is
1: Is definitely yes on that.
0: Yeah, because he was dying, and there's we talked about there's no perfect way to completely purify the body of all the toxins that the liver does. It's a miracle organ. And I think at the very least it probably buy you some time.
1: Sure. To find the real liver. Sure. So So maybe Doug buys him a few hours. And that's the thing, like, would a
0: doctor do this for you or me or anybody? Would a doctor do this for the President of the United States? Yeah. When national security, that's like, that's where I feel like it's, I mean, maybe I'm being stupid, uh, but I just feel like that's a different conversation than do we do this as a part of our normal operating procedure.
1: Right. Oh, on the other hand, I don't want doctors sticking former alcoholics' livers into people no. and calling it a day. No, no, no. That's that's a terrible idea. But you're right. If, if it's a president and his life is in sure. danger and there is no other option and this guy's
0: willing— yeah. Why not? Shoots, blows his head off. Yeah. Um, uh, then moving another, uh, another point he has is, back to the podcast, around the 33-minute mark, you advocate for organ donation. I've read about hospitals pulling priority of the viability of organs over the life of the donor. Oh, God. Uh, I believe the organs can lose their viability well before the death of the patient. That places pressure on a decision to end a donor's life before that could happen, sometimes without the input of guardians or next of kin. Decisions can be made that prematurely end lives which may have well, been survived if organ donation wasn't priority. For your personal stakes, I suggest you research the implications of specifying affirmative donation status. I have a lot to say In my this. personal
1: opinion, if I'm that far gone, probably just get it over with. See, and I th- <laughs> like feel if like – if they're really I've... on the edge, should
0: we or shouldn't we? Well, here's the thing. Take me out. I'm done. Here, here's the thing. Um <laughs> – I see, I've see. i seen no evidence that doctors actually do this. Oh, have you researched uh, this? I did. I've researched it Damn. because th- I was concerned with that. Sure, yeah. And I talked to some doctors that I know, and I researched Like, they knock it. on my door say, we're harvesting your organs. I'm like, uh, dude. Well, I mean, so that's the scary thing of, like, this guy, I'm a marginal case. Like, maybe I'm comatose and I were recover, but I signed this thing saying if I'm beyond medical help, I don't want to be revived. So the doctor just, like... Eh, this guy's got liver, and kidneys, and eyes. I'm yanking him. Right, but you have to think about. First of all, <laughs> Peter I... Peter Stormare put him in Tom Cruise. I don't know what goes on in other countries. I know there was a big. So in my research today, I saw there was this big German fiasco about doctors manipulating the patient status to preferentially. And I, I there was like a big scandal in 2012 and is in, uh, investigating 13 2014. I noticed the doctor at the center of it was cleared of charges Do- in su- 2015. suspiciously a dr. K uh
1: don't know what his full last name was but dr. K was doing some
0: shady Starts shit with K and ends with orchian yep uh but i could find nothing that says suggests that doctors at least in the united states or any western country just you know manipulate things to harvest organs and the other thing is you got to huh. think about it like what kind of conspiracy because it's not like one doctor makes that call right like, all the nurses, you know, like, every, your medical condition is, you know, if you're, like, come in and, like, I wrecked my motorcycle and I killed my hit my brain. You're like, seen by a lot of people on the way. Yeah. Paramedics. I, I, there would have to be a lot of people, like, kind of cool with that decision. And mm. the other thing is, like, it's it's a philosophy. Like, if I'm in a persistent vegetative state, my opinion is I'm dead already. And the last thing I want is my fucking next akin coming in and boohooing over my still warm... Uh, a, a- is gone, but his corpse is still there, and preventing other people for, for lives are being saved. So, I think it's a philosophical right. question. Are you more worried that a doctor is going to jack your organs Repo Man style, mm-hmm. or are you worried about the thousands of people that die because they don't get organs, the, which is a reality, which we know actually happens?
1: I like that this podcast and these discussions have afforded me the opportunity to both reference Repo men <laughs> and also Minority Report Sure, in the course of Five days. So, I'm not, and again, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't. I haven't done any research, so I don't fucking know.
0: But I don't care to argue with anybody that, like, has strong philosophical or moral, This. I'm just saying that if you don't, and, and please do research it for yourself, because it's it's an yeah. important decision. It is. But, you know, I, I've got strong feelings about how I want my end of life, and, and I have done the research, and that's where I stand on it. Right.
1: I'll say, maybe I was a little too hasty to recommend it, because I have not done that research.
0: Well, I think it's. But for me personally, I'm yeah. fine with it. Okay. Uh, Carl says, my question is, is there anything the Underwoods would not do at this point? It's kind of their superpower that they will do whatever it takes to achieve their goals, but would the show benefit from them having struggled with their choices more? What do you think? Is there anything on the Never Have I Ever list for Frank and Claire? (laughs) I'll throw one out. (laughs) Never Have I Ever Murdered My Spouse. Do you think that Uh. one or both of them might... Because I, I was swapping Not with the, the trajectory deal. they're on. I swipe in emails with Michael McBee, and he's kind of mm. like you know come off obviously of his uh, Claire getting brutally murdered uh-huh. and the symbology of that going throughout the season. It's a, it turned out to be dead man's brew for him. Seems like it, yeah. But it, would it shock me if Frank strangles Claire next season? No. Okay. And it's one of the things I think it's asymmetrical. Like I think Frank would kill Claire if he felt justified doing it, I don't know that Claire would kill Frank.
1: There would have to be some turn of events that makes that plausible to well, me. No, because Frank, right now, yeah. no. I if think she, the answer is no.
0: If she finds out that Frank is trying to kill her, then who knows? Like, May the best man or woman win. But uh-huh. I just think that like that's not in her mental calculus at all. Yeah, She would leave him. She would disgrace him. She would ruin his career. I don't think she'd kill him.
1: Also, how do you kill a
0: president and get away with it? Uh, you punch him in the liver. (laughs) Repeatedly while he's sleeping. Every night
1: you go in and give him a good solid
0: liver punch. I mean, this liver seems like it's ready to blow. Yeah. Like... Uh, you
1: replace all his pills with that's placebo. That's what I was thinking. There you, you go. Could, like, the first Sugar lady pills. is
0: one of the few people that could kill, just outright kill the president. Now, You're right. Now, getting away with it, but yeah. It's right, ch- the autopsy might show, sure. Sw- swap his pills or something, uh-huh. you know, and like, who's to say? Maybe Frank just got stubborn and stopped taking his medication. Change his peanut butter to Chunky. <laughs> Who, kn- <laughs> Who knows what'll do it at this point? Yeah, yeah, these, uh, the, this, this, the, <laughs> and the Chunks are all like OxyContin pills, and he's right <laughs> on the edge with painkillers anyway, and he just... Yeah, you know, His body gives up. Right. I don't know. What else? Um, I just don't see it. I think they're both – they're coming to some
1: kind of appreciation of their place, their roles, and, the pre- and settling into that.
0: So we know the president would order the death of troops in a broad kind of like, this action is arguably for America's benefit, but I'm putting troops in harm's way for political purposes. Sure. Would he order the deaths of troops for purely political gain? Like a fault? Like would he do a false flag operation? Like would he do a nine eleven? Th- I think yes. Re- wow. I
1: think yes. I think Frank's there.
0: Would he take the country into
1: war? He would justify it. He would justify. Look, uh, this William Connor, William Conway guy is not going to make a good president. Mm-hmm. I need to remain president for the good of the people. I'm
0: going to do something to ensure that. Future. Yeah, and the other thing is like he's. <laughs> They've taken a lot of options off the table since him and Claire have no really bl- bl- blood relatives anymore, and they don't have any kids. You can't like, and I've, I'm, uh, w- and they don't have any real close friends like Meecham and Tom Yates were it. I think yeah. me, I think Frank would throw Meecham through a wood chipper. He might feel bad about what it would do to Claire, but huh. if it meant saving, wait, no,
1: he would throw Yates through a wood chipper.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Tom's. Yes. Okay. Whew.
1: I don't think he would have thrown Meecham in a wood chipper.
0: If you thought Meacham was disloyal, yeah, but he wasn't. I know he he passed a lie detector. <laughs> anyway, I thought that's an interesting question, like where? Because I mean, it's the question we all kind that, of have asked: yeah. How far will Frank go?
1: And I'd, would Frank murder a baby? There's still more to that, I think. Would
0: Frank murder a baby with his bare hands? I
1: mean, it's going to be real interesting once he has to start covering up his past sins, right? <laughs> because that may take him to an entirely new level. Uh, I don't. I don't know what's beyond like. Beyond, uh, right? What's what's beyond like actively pushing someone into a subway train? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but and that's
0: the other thing is like there's a certain extent where the bodies, you know, that's what draw, that's what always gets you too many bodies. So yeah. making more bodies to cover up bodies is a is, it's a band aid at best, and it's it's one of those rapidly diminishing returns on your yeah yeah, but he.
1: I think we might have not seen the worst that Frank and is got willing to bodies do that. yet.
0: Yeah, has anyone died? Not this season. Recent. Oh, this season. I'm saying I mean, so. As- first season aside from Meech, oh, first season not is at Russo. That's true. First season Russo. Second season Zoe. Third season uh, Rachel. Again, not by Frank's, right. but on Frank's orders.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I don't remember that exactly. This season, I mean, you could argue. I guess Lucas was the big death. Because Meacham killed no. him, but he was trying to kill the president. I don't know. Um all right, moving on. Liz G's got a couple things to propound to us. Uh you've probably already heard this from others telling you actually have not. You're the first. That tr- if Trump wins, the first lady will be a bona fide foreigner. Right. Don't know again, I'm just talk I I I don't know. I don't know why I've got a big oh, I do know why I have a big Trump blind spot. Um <laughs> but uh, it's definitely I... made me say a lot of things like, uh, there's no way a person with no political experience can win the word. There's no way the Americans would vote for a person with a <laughs> foreign uh, first lady. Yeah. You might have to eat a lot of words. Because uh, his wife, uh, Mrs. Trump, was born in Yugoslavia, now Slovenia, and is fluent in several languages, and only became a U.S. citizen in 20- 2006. Okay. I want to see your birth certificate. Uh, <laughs> I assume that's when they got married? Ooh. Because like, marriage makes you a U.S. citizen, yes. Uh, is it automatic or is it just uh, accelerated know. for the green card thing? Because I used to think it was just an automatic deal, but now I think it's like you still have to go and get the citizenship stuff done.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: Anyway, Claire's comments about her mom are similar to remarks made uh, this last week by Patty Davis at her mother funeral. Uh, mother's funeral. Of course, she's the daughter of uh, Nancy Reagan. And she says they had a famously challenging re- – or not a famously – a challenging relationship, which Patty Davis stated during the eulogy. She wanted to say that she chose to remember the good times, and she gave examples. It's another thing where, like uh, – I mentioned that that interview with the guy that plays Doug, and that's one thing Chris Matthews is like, how do you guys do this? Like, get the Supreme Court justice and vacancy and all that stuff? And he's like, "I, you know, this is literally written a year in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have had a pretty – pretty strong run of luck about this kind of stuff seems like it i mean just like literally the week comes out nancy reagan dies and you have this big tearful thing with their daughter um, she goes on to say doug is an alcoholic and his obsessions be yeah let me start that again Doug's an alcoholic and his obsessive behavior is now directed towards this widow, the the liver lady. Mm-hmm. Will he need to tell her he bullied that woman a donor in the registry, the donor registry and handed her husband a death sentence and that he'd do it again if it meant saving Frank Underwood? Apparently making a donation was not enough to soothe his guilt and possible regret. Uh we talked about this a little bit. What's your gut tell you, Jim? Is she going is he going to come clean? Yeah, I think he's going to come clean about a little too much. Mm, I agree. Uh, she says, I haven't watched the last episode yet. If you haven't watched it, do you have any predictions? Do you have any... We didn't really talk about predictions.
1: Man, I don't know where this is going, because I could see the next episode literally being the end of the election, and the defeat of Conway, and, uh, Frank's still in the White House. I could see it going the other way, even. Like, Hmm. Frank
0: is busted back down. How does that last episode season work, then?
1: I have no idea. Could you have, like, a...
0: Could you have a Frank Underwood, like, fugitive-style... Like Harrison Ford Fugitive, where he's on the lam and he's trying to get revenge on all of his political enemies.
1: I mean, maybe. He's him, still him like a former
0: D- president, right, with a lot of power. Yeah, him and Doug are holed up in seedy hotels and getting funny wigs and chasing a one-armed man. I don't know. And and maybe, like, once he's he's unable to provide
1: Claire with the, what she is getting from him, she's no longer interested, and her and Tom run off. Like, I could see a whole bunch of crazy shit happening. Uh... I I really do think Frank's going to win though. Mm. I think he's going to remain in the White House. So I guess that's my prediction. Uh, into the season, he wins the election, and we go into season five, kind of with a new new problem for him, mm. which is probably the hammer stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, Liz says, with Bill Willimon, Willimon leaving the show, is he is the show going to conclude the story the way he wanted? I have
1: no idea. I mean, my idea is he probably
0: anyone. like most other writing crews shows up with not much idea what he's doing next season. Yeah. So if you decide to leave the show, then you're kind of saying I'm done. T-. That it is weird. Like I, it's weird that he's leaving the show. Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why too. Is he being muscled out? Is he just like uh, does he is he against the idea of stringing this? Is Netflix trying to string this along? I don't. 'Cause this is no longer the critical darling than it used to be. Uh like Seven Wall acted like it didn't even come out and there's been like a lot less prestige coverage of this prestige show. I don't understand why huh. Netflix they've got so many original series coming out, and now they're doing the movie stuff with the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon sequel. Yeah. I don't understand why they would pressure showrunners into extending artificially the life of a show. I mean, that's the other thing about Netflix is, like, it's constantly airing all the time. You you, come, you you become a Netflix subscriber today, guess what? You get to catch up on House of Cards. So it makes me wonder, like, when was this decision made, right? Was it made
1: after the filming of this or, or after the writing of this was all done? I don't know, because uh, I, I, I could see that. Versus, like, uh, if you have a feud with your showrunner mm-hmm. uh, over, like, how many more seasons there will be, during the writing of the season... I feel like that's a recipe for disaster because that sure. showrunner will write you up shit Creek if they want to
0: yeah uh I mean that's kind of what uh uh Mazzara did on Walking Dead. <laughs> he's like you know oh you you don't want me okay well I'll write out a character and kill her right now
1: yeah I mean you can you can really run into some problems so I wonder if that decision was made like Maybe Netflix says, you know, we want to do another season of this. Maybe Willemont has written kind of an ending for it in season four, and, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to do it without you then. If you don't want to do it, then we still want to do another season. It's our show. We're just going to bring somebody else in.
0: Hmm. I know. It's. I mean, we had to wait a long time to find out like everything behind the Darabont deal with the Walking Dead. Yeah, five and, years, and that then that was with a lot of public acrimony. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I heard this information through the grapevine through the fans about the same time that they announced that season five is going to be on. I don't know if it's just a money deal. I don't know if it's like, Hey, you know, I wanted to, but now I'm bored with, I, I really have no idea.
1: I haven't heard any of that animosity that I was kind of getting the, the vibe I was kind of getting from the walking dead stuff. But that could
0: mean that Netflix has got a better, right. Better able to clamp on that. And, yeah. and all, the other thing is like, you know. Darabont had a lot of fierce supporters on the actors, and there seemed like a lot of people potentially would leak information. Whereas, sure, the spacey give one shit or another about Willimon I don't know, no idea. I imagine he does. They've, you know, I, I don't know, fuck it. Sure, we can imagine all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anyone knows, if anyone's got the skinny, then let Bo, us know. Bo, if you
1: want to write in yeah. and let us
0: know why. You want you're to not Violate doing your five? NDA and get spend the rest of your life being sued and uh-huh. never working in Hollywood again. Tell all we, about. we will offer you like what,
1: two hundred bucks? We could we could pay two hundred bucks to have them on to do
0: that, right? We'll give you a month's worth of club subscriptions. <laughs> which is essentially. Maybe a $200. commission podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you a free commission podcast. <laughs> uh you know, we'll do uh, the <laughs> shit. We've already done all of House of Cards for free. You get what's your we'll favorite? We'll review the movie? trailers. We'll review all the trailers from all the seasons. <laughs> Jesus! And try to remember what in, the, in detail what we know about I'm it. I'm sure
1: we'll be hearing from him.
0: <laughs> uh, phone's ringing right now. How would that even happen? Um, okay, that's it. That's all we got. We got the the big finale coming out Friday with yep. our retrospective for season four. Uh, house of cards at baldmove.com and forums.ballmove.com. There's an episode for four thirteen. Just put it all there. Uh, and we'll we'll get it on. Alright, sounds good. We'll see you guys on Friday.